Welcome to the Happier Amp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends, Ronald J. Martin and Barnabas Piper. And uh, boys, we have we have lots of marketing stuff to discuss today. Uh, but before we do that, I want to uh, I want to let everybody know that this episode is brought to you by us. So we are our own sponsors today on the show. And uh, with that in mind, uh, I want to mention a couple of things. I want to throw it to Piper to mention a couple of things. But my things are uh, Ligaris Roasters. Uh, AKA the greatest coffee in the history of mankind. Uh, we have partnered with Ligaris. We partnered with them in 2017. Uh, it was a highlight of the year in terms of finding an exotic foreign coffee roaster who makes amazing coffee uh, that bears our name. Uh, so if you haven't done so already, go to happyrantpodcast.com. Uh, check out Ligaris Roasters Happy Rant Signature Blend, and you will be glad you did. Uh, the other thing I want to mention, Pipe, is MissionAware. So MissionAware has been uh, with us for a while. They have been coy and cagey in terms of how and when they send us free swag, but they do just enough. You know what I mean? They're kind of like the Marvin Lewis of uh, <laughs> of business partnerships in that they do just enough. Oh, yeah. The yeah, Martin that's Lewis. a sports reference, Big R. And uh, to to those of us in our audience, that is a sports reference. But that's it. it Ronnie, would it would it speak more if I said they were a little bit like Lauren Hill? Okay. In Dude. the music world, like they, oh, in terms of like we we do something big and then nobody they, hears well, from us. They have their years. hits. They're a little iffy on when they show up on things, but people continue to just want more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, Lauren Hill. That works for that pipe. Okay, good. yeah, good, uh, later, good just run. Trying, there. trying to bring up. Yeah, we can't, you know, we can't always go to the sports that's world. Right. I got gotcha. you. I'm with so, you pipe, tell us about the other couple of things that we want to promote before we get into the the meat of today's episode. Yeah, since since we are sponsoring our own episode, I think this is the right time to uh, to hashtag I'm with us because that is a, a, that's just sort of our motto. Absolutely. I'm with us. So the the two things uh, that we want to highlight: all three of us do speaking when we are invited. So uh, I don't know that we would call ourselves speakers as you know as our job, although Ronnie does it as a significant part of his job. Um, but we do speaking when invited. And if you go to happyrantpodcast.com, you can see a place where you can actually reach out to request booking. Um, so I can't speak exactly for you guys, but I will speak in almost any context. Like I would, I'll do retirement homes, I'll do bar mitzvahs, wow. I'll do, um, you know, elementary school chapels, I'll do whatever, pretty much. Dude, have, you, have you done a retirement home gig? No, I haven't done any of the things I just said. I'm just saying I would do it. <laughs> I have I've done, done all of those except bar mitzvahs. <laughs> I, ha- I have done, uh, you know, like student yeah. retreats and men's retreats and conferences and school chapels and things like that, all of which I, I very much enjoy. Um, so if you go to if you, if you work at a church or any sort of like nonprofit or Christian school and you're looking for speakers, all three of us would love to to do it. We would love to do it together or individually. So reach out happyrandpodcast.com. You can book us there. The other thing is that we started uh, late last year, sort of soft launched uh, Patreon page, which is a place where people can support uh, the creative endeavors of, uh, in, in our case, podcasters, authors, artists with monthly donations. So you can sign up and you can give as little as a dollar a month or as much as, you know, whatever the Lord leads you to give, as, uh, <laughs> as we say in the church world. So for doing that, we have a, a couple different tiers. If you 
if you sign up to do it at one of the top couple tiers, which isn't that expensive, you get some free books out of the deal. You get some free coffee from Lagaris Roasters out of the deal. Um, and, and then we are able to pay our bills. We're able to grow the podcast. Ted and I are spinning off a sports podcast as part of Happy Rant, so not to replace anything, but with the idea that some of you love sports and want more. Some of you don't love sports, so you can ignore that. But that all has a cost attached to it. So your support helps us grow this and also helps us do the live events because those have a cost attached as well. And we want to keep them affordable and uh, and do more of them as time goes on. The last thing I will say, speaking of our live event in Louisville coming up in April, is that until the end of this month, until the end of January, tickets are 10 bucks. After that, they jump to 15 So that is a 50% increase in price. So if you're planning to be there April 10th in Louisville, together for the rant, uh, get your tickets before the end of January to get the best possible price. And again, all of this you can find at happyrantpodcast.com. Nice. That was beautiful. That, that was, was like a promo so read for us, Big R. It really, I mean, Rachel the Held Evans, I don't even feel like we need to do the rest yeah, of absolutely. this broadcast. Yeah, it's a four and a half minute program. Yeah. Boys, this was great and I appreciate it. It's a great way to kick off the new year and uh, we'll see you next week. Piper, I want to use what you just did so deftly as a uh, as a bridge into this first topic. So we're going to talk about marketing. And you recently had a very wonderful, life-giving, intelligent conversation on Twitter about church marketing. Well, at, least one, at least one of us was intelligent. Actually, you didn't. Yeah, because that, that's not a thing that ever happens on Twitter, I, I, I gather. But uh, you tweeted something about Pastor's Marketing Sermon Series and it, and I read your tweet. It was very sort of not inflammatory. I, I didn't take it as such. You ju- you just made the point that uh, sometimes when pastors promote their sermon series in such a way, they sound more like shilling salespeople than they do preachers of the word, uh, which, I, which I thought was a really good word. But um, as is often the case on Twitter, uh, you received a ton of of heat for that. So I want you to tell us about the kind of heat that you received. Uh, but then I want us to to kind of all three talk about pastors marketing sermon series and just how that kind of makes us feel. All right. So my tweet was born from a place of general annoyance at uh, at the way that pastors or churches, because sometimes it's not the senior pastor or the preaching pastor himself, they roll out a new sermon series as if they're dropping a hot new album, you know, like starting next Sunday, our best series yet or biggest series on or whatever. And and it it's essentially pitching a product, which I don't believe is a thing that the church is built around doing. So I tweeted and essentially said, it's tiresome when pastors do this. I gave a couple examples of the kind of phrasing they use. And I said, <laughs> you're not selling cars or releasing a new book uh, or releasing an album. And it was, you know, there was a touch of snark in there because it was me. So I got, I got uh, a handful of kinds of criticism. Uh, there was the guy who told me I was too young to be criticizing the church like this. Um, Dude, that's fascinating. Can we, can we stop on that one for a minute? <laughs> By all means. How, how old do you, how old do you have to be? Use, use small words because apparently I struggle to understand high level concepts. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go really slowly and use small words. I, I am a little bit older than you, Pipe, so maybe I'm old enough to critique the church, but you're not. So I, I'm curious about this one because you are not a child. I mean, I think you're just a few years younger than me, um, which puts you like squarely in your 30s. So 
where was this guy coming from? Like, I want to know how old one has to be to, to begin making these critiques. I think you have to be older than him. I see. And which means, which means that at no point in my lifetime will I be old enough to critique the church. There you go. <laughs> because I, I mean, I, I, I understand, it. like, I, I have reached the point in my life, so I'm in my <laughs> mid-30s, where there, there is a generation of people who I do look at and I go, and I recognize how dumb youth is. You know, but I also re- I also remember sure. how sure. dumb youth is like this. I'm not so far removed that I yeah. can't relate to them. I just look at them and go, man, I used to be that stupid, too. Um, yeah. So so then there was then there was the uh, there was the critique of my, of my snark, you know, like there are better ways to say this. Essentially, the you're better than that tweets, which are always my favorite to anybody who criticizes mm-hmm. me for being snarky <clears throat> on social media. Or on the podcast, I just want to ask them one question, and it's this. Are you new here? Because Absolutely. because I have been yeah. tweeting since 2000, I don't know, nine or something, and podcasting for three or four years, and uh, snark is a consistent theme. It is also how I communicate just all the time about everything. So that one easily dismissed. But the, I, that one bugged me a little bit because it implies – as we've talked about before, that in order to communicate about anything church or religious related, you have to be sincere and sanctimonious. Yeah, you have to as be opposed correct. to having a sense of humor mm-hmm. or anything fun. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, sincerity and sanctimoniousness is is huge. Um, yeah, and and if people if people come away with one thing uh, after this discussion, it should be that we are not better than that. Um, there, there are people that are better than that, but we are not those people. Uh, all right. So, and and I, I will say I have tweeted things in the past that I am probably better than. You know that I've I've gone back and I've either deleted them or apologized for them and like you know that was in poor taste. But but that that's pretty rare because most of the time I'm just not better than that. Um, so the and then the last category of criticism, and I think this is where the conversation is, and I guarantee Ronnie has some thoughts on this, mm. was the essentially the mm. just the straight up disagreement with the sentiment yeah. of what I was saying. So they didn't disagree with the tone, they didn't criticize me for my age, they didn't red herring the mess <laughs> out of this. They simply said, Well, actually, which is also my favorite Twitter response, the well actually guy. Mm. Um, it was well actually marketing has led to our church growth or well, actually we're just excited about our series. So we should be able to communicate it about that way. Or well, actually uh, if you're a church planter, you have to do this. One guy said, and I quote marketing is in the job description of the pastor. Now Uh, one guy said, it's not marketing. It's about the target audience, which is the very Uh, definition of marketing, by the way, there's, there's, (laughs) I, I think that they, they also don't realize that I, mm. I work as a professional in marketing. So while yeah. I don't love marketing, like marketing speak, I'm quite familiar with the genre and am fluent in it, mm. though I choose not to use it very regularly. And yes, target audience, hardcore marketing speak. So it's that, that, that yeah. whole category of criticism was one that I was just like, I, you know, I made the mistake of engaging some of them. Probably should have just ignored it, um, you know, but I, I want you to and then I want to I want to bring Big R into this conversation really soon. But I want you to answer one more thing for me, if you can. And I know we're all men of letters, but this is a hard thing that I'm asking you. If you can quantify in a few words, like 
where you're at emotionally after you have one of these Twitter interactions. Is it like deep black despair? Is it sort of rage? Is it somewhere in between? Where where are you at emotionally? Uh, no, no rage mm-hmm. in this one because it's it 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 falls it tips much more towards the eye roll than like they put my fist through a wall. <clears throat> I there are Twitter interactions that have led me to the kind of thing where like I need to go outside and cool down because uh-huh. but those those are dealing with issues of of justice and dignity, not issues of, you know, this, this yeah. feels pettier than that to me. Um, I, so I roll, uh, is the, is the outward expression mm-hmm. of what my heart feels. Um, sure. I battle a fair amount of, uh, I don't know if pride is the right word, but just sort of like, I feel superior <laughs> to the, mm-hmm. to the people who a can't read what I'm saying clearly or, or B are just blind to what seems patently obvious to me. Um, and, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, there's with any good point comes the risk of, of ignorance. And I think I made a good point or not ignorance. I mean, arrogance. Um, and so, you know, there's that. So yeah, it's just sort of a, like, am I actually better than them or that kind of thing? So that, that would be sort of the, uh, Right. The cocktail of of emotions that come after this. And then usually I just have to walk away and go, you know, re- read something by somebody smarter than me to uh, to kind of get my head off of it and learn something. Absolutely. Big R, resident man of the cloth. Um, I, I want to know a couple of things like how does how does Piper's involvement in this Twitter beef? Like, how does it sit with you? And also, how do you deal with the the whole like marketing piece when you start a new sermon series? Um, how it sits with me, I think it's irrelevant to the point of I can't even muster up enough enthusiasm to care. Really, our um, friend, our friend mainly because mainly I'm too young. Is it because he's too young? <laughs> I, I just, it's just so. I mean, what's shocking about it is that if they, if anybody knows like where we come from theologically in the tribe, we sort of, we sort yeah. of, you know, sort of step in and out of. I mean, like marketing sermon series, like like we would be like like we come from people who like write books against things like that. Um, So it's like, it shouldn't be any surprise that, that somebody like pipe comes up with this whole, like, you know, idea that, Hey, when I see, you know, these things popping up online where these pastors look like billboard, they're trying to do this billboard thing. Like, it's just, it's like, well, dude, what do you expect? Like, what, like, like, do you think we would be pro that? Like, like, do we, like, do we come off like the kind of people that would be all about that? You know, like, it just doesn't make any sense. It almost feels like it's, spoken from somebody that was the first time he's ever read something from pipe. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. Marketing a sermon. Here's the thing though. Like I'm not anti churches doing an effective job of, of publicly communicating their stuff. And there, and there is a, there's a line, there's a marketing element to that, but it's, it's the difference between communication about and promotion of a product. Like those are not the same thing. I think churches ought to publicly invite and publicly say we're doing these things. That's a big difference between our next sermon series will change your life best ever. Like all of that nonsense. Uh-huh. Well, dude, it's like, right. So in other words, it's like, um, I always make these jokes. My sister-in-law used to live in California and she lived next to this church called Relevant Church, right? And so every every Easter, oh, it would be like, Easter has never been more relevant. You know, it's always like something like that. And then Christmas would come along and be like, you know, right. you want relevance this, you know, and so they would just like sort of, you know, combine it with their name. Were they making create- fun of themselves? Like, is that just that? I mean, that I, feels I, like something out of like, like if Portlandia did something about a church 
It, would, it literally is like a Portlandia like promotion of like church culture. Yeah, I mean it's all of that. But I mean, yeah, that's kind of what we're that's what you're hitting against. You know, um, is just that sort of that blatant like misuse of what you feel like either a lead pastor or the church's job is in saying this is who we are, and it's okay to be welcoming and inviting. I mean, I'll I'll pop something up there saying, hey, re- reminding. It's, I just really do it for our own people. I mean, I live in a small town. I'm not, I'm not guessing people from the outside are looking at this and coming in. It's just to sort of get everybody's mind in gear about what it is that we're heading towards in terms of where we're, you know, where we're at on Sundays. But, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think, um, I, I think it's embarrassing and you mm-hmm. have to wonder about somebody that feels like it's his job, like to be, you know, half pastor, half marketer. Like you, you got to wonder wh- where he's coming from with that, who told him that was his job. Um, yeah. because I mean, clearly again, the people that we associate ourselves with, Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. you know, are, are not are not pushing that kind of agenda, you know. So it's just it's kind of just funny, really, because we're kind of because we come from a thing where we're kind of anti marketers. Right. It's, I mean, we're kind of our whole standpoint is like, look, we don't really we don't really feel like it's our job to get people into the church. We're going to let the Holy Spirit worry about that. So um, we're just here to be welcoming. You know what's funny? I actually disagree with what you just said. I think it is our job to get people into the church in the sense of like, it is our job to invite and connect and communicate about, like I said earlier. So I, I have a friend who's a pastor of a small church and he has a strong conviction that the Holy Spirit does all of the growing of the church and his job is purely to, to, to preach and to care for the members of the church, you know, so no social media, no, like no sermons online, no, none of those things. And we've had some, some, uh, vigorous debates about why I think he's wrong about those things. Um, that said it, there's, there is such a difference between a public invitation and a public promotion. It's one thing to say, hey, we would love anybody who is struggling with this to come on Sunday because we're starting a series on this, you know, and that's that's just an invitation. It's another thing to be like branded sermon series will change your life and solve all of your issues. And, you know, and just sort of that whole like it's upselling God's word. It doesn't really need to be upsold. Pipe, how did you just how does that disagreeing with what I just said? You. It sounded to me like you said we are of the the Holy Spirit grows the church. It's not our job to get people there, dude. Now you're just being the guy that replied to you on Twitter that you're all mad, at. dude. You know that's what I wasn't saying, man. <laughs> I'm saying simply I'm agreeing with you. Like an well, actually, not, yeah, you're well actually me right now. <laughs> an invitation is not marketing, and I think we can use social media to invite. I think we can be welcoming. I think I think we should do all those things. I'm agreeing with you. That's not marketing. That's completely different than my gotcha. you, you had said that we were from a camp that says this, and exactly. I, I overstepped my interpretation and fell into the same trap that I'm annoyed at other people for doing. <laughs> but Mia no, but culpa. listen, no, I'm, I'm half joking yeah. with you. So inviting and <laughs> ah, I'm too young to understand language and words and Holy Spirit stuff. But inviting and welcoming is still allowing the spirit Correct. to do the, to, to yeah. do the job right. that only the spirit can do. But I mean, man, if we have tools, we can do them in a way that doesn't put us in the category of professional marketing. And I think that's what we all find right. distasteful, right? 
It's just distasteful to all of us when you see those kind of ta- – because it's tactical is what it is. It's tactical in a way where we just go, well, dude, that that just feels weird to me. And I don't want to come off like that. Like, dude, we're not Elevation Church and like we don't want to start – we don't want to – you know, what, what's next, man? My biceps with the tattoo. I mean, am I going to am I gonna put that on the photo that I'm using yeah. to market, yes. you know, the sermon Your series? scrawny biceps. Wait, say that again, baby. Your scrawny biceps. <laughs> Dude, you know what else all of this is, too? As a, as a lifelong church member, like I've, I've never been a man of the cloth, so I've never been on the other side of the desk as, as what I'm about to say. But <laughs> all that church Carl marketing be stuff so is completely ignorable. You know what I mean? Like you put your like as, associate pastor of graphic arts on this like, you know, fabulous visual thing that he puts together to promote this next sermon series. And it's completely but that's a great point, Big T, because that, okay, so that's the question then. Let's hit that for a sec. Cause I, cause I totally agree with that. But I, if, is it because that's just the place we're in that we look at stuff? Like, dude, like any kind of marketing, oh, I feel like doesn't work for me. Like, I just don't care. Like, cause I'm, I'm old enough now to where I, I know what I like. So marketing to me is just information. Like, oh, I didn't know that existed. Dude, it's information so now- that you triage. And once you, and got, this is the age argument again. I hate this, but. I think what you're saying is, and what I'm saying is, once you get to a certain age, you become so adept at doing all the marketing triage that you just don't even, it doesn't even register. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't think it's an age thing because some of the most effective, like overdone uh, marketing is aimed at people older than us. It's, it's, a, it, it's a mindset thing. Like we, we have all been in commercial enterprises as authors and in the sports world and in the music world that's and true. in the publishing yeah, world. And so we, it's an insider's knowledge of things, you know? It's the same reason why, like, if you, if, you right. watch, if you watch any sports game, the halftime show teaches genuine sports fans or sports experts absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. It's banter. But for somebody who's just a casual observer, they're going to go, I didn't know what that was. Or, like, the observations may actually teach them something. And so it's... I think it's I think it's Correct. much more of a yeah. an insider's perspective. Speaking of insider's perspective, one other piece of criticism that I got on this this whole thing was people saying, "Well, how is that any different than what you guys do on like your podcast or all the Kindle deals that you share on Twitter?" Like that's promoting stuff, as if what right as as if what I said was all promotion is bad. So yeah, that. I think Ted pretty much settled that one. I just wanted to bring yeah. that one up because, yeah, I mean, we, we started off this podcast with promoting the snot out of ourselves. You know, give us money, buy our stuff, do this. Be, because this, but we're not the church. That's the thing. Speak for yourself. Um, right. I, and yeah. also, this is a product. It's a free product for the most part. But, but we're not the church. Paul but it's a product. About like, us this is an Testament, entertainment product you know, that hopefully has value for people. The church is... <laughs> not an entertainment product and it definitely should have value for people. And, you know, let me just get a plug in because this Easter we're going to be giving away two minivans. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We're going to be giving away two Honda Odysseys, the official brand of Substance (laughs) Church. And uh, I just want to throw that out there. If anybody's interesting in driving hours and hours to come to our Easter service, Easter has never had, they're going to come preloaded. They're going to be preloaded. They're going to be fully uh, loaded because, you know, Easter has never had more substance. Yeah. With appropriate family DVDs and gross like uh, Cheerios already ground into the upholstery. Oh. And- Substance-church.org. Custom fit your Honda, the one that you might be able to win this Easter, April 1st. It's not April Fool's Day. It's April 1st. 
at Substance Church, Easter has never had more substance. Dude, I, Easter fully loaded is a is a great is a great marketing slogan. You should. Oh my gosh, guys! If I if I do a promotion like that, will you guys come out Baby, that day and help me give away those automobiles? How, how can we not? Your marketing will have made us swoon, <laughs> weaken the knees. Time. I mean, you you'll automatically just become Baby, like that's what the marketing will have proven to be effective, is what you're saying. <laughs> Do you stream online for those Sundays that I can't make the several hour drive? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We don't require anybody to come. Everything is live stream. Please our our motto is please don't come, get comfy. Dude, we'll be members. Absolutely. We'll just commute to substance every Sunday. Right. It's actually just a, the church is just a studio. Yeah, there there actually is no congregation. There is no church. It's just me and my MacBook. Just I'm reading my message. We put it online. We live stream it. It's perfect. No engagement. No no social engagement. Absolutely. I love it. Baby, I want to I want to shift gears a little bit into uh New Year's and kind of the pressure to do fabulous things on New Year's. <laughs> so, I want to ask you gentlemen what you did, but uh, I my sense is that we're going to end up talking about all the New Year's stuff that we didn't do. And I don't know that – I don't know if this is a function of age. Like, KK and I were thinking about this the other night. Like, we've done crazy, amazing New Year's stuff in the past. Like, we we spent one in France. We spent one in Vienna, Austria. We've spent them in Ukraine. Um, we've done the kind of, like, big hotel, you know, <laughs> party deal. I mean – but now I feel like what we do and what we want to do is not leave the house and not see a whole lot of people. Um, so we kind of transitioned into that phase of New Year's. So we had two people over for New Year's. It was great. We just sat and talked. We didn't even notice when like the the clock ticked over. Um, so that but that's a very non glamorous New Year's scenario. And I want to know what you boys did. Piper being basically yeah, he, he's so oh, young. I can't even imagine. Uh, I mean he. Oh my gosh! He's probably. I shudder to think what Piper did on. He's years. probably still getting over yeah, it right warm, now. Warm, barely, warm milk and early bedtime. Yeah, he's, he's still recovering. <laughs> Absolutely, Piper. What did you do on New Year's, and, and what what did you want to be doing? Let's. Well, I'm I'm young enough that apparently I can still make mistakes, so I don't I don't have any recollection of what I did. It was just I have no idea. I'm sure it was a it was a raucous party. Uh, no, I I spent New Year's. Uh, I watched. During the day, I watched the Vikings beat the Bears to lock up the two seed in the playoffs. Um, I went out to eat with my kids, and we did the whole, like, we watched a couple movies. We watched the ball drop in New York, which is great because it means you get to say Happy New Year's an hour before it's actually midnight. And then I was asleep by midnight because uh, I'm a grown-up who gets really tired if I stay up too late. So um, that that was my New Year's. Um, I have also done the whole, like, party the party thing. What I've never done is sort of the big like city gathering. There you go. go, you know, like go to whatever the local city's big celebration, whether it was Chicago where I lived previously or Nashville. And that has like I'm intrigued by that. By you know, like it would be cool to do that once, just to sort of see it. But I think I would hate. That's the youth speaking. That's the youth speaking. Huh, Big T. What's it's it's almost more like a sociologist speaking. Yeah. Like that's a fascinating thing that occurs. It's a phenomenon. But it, I think is, I would yeah. hate it and hate but 85% of the people there too. Oh, Pipe, you would hate it so Dude, bad. It is, I can't even I, I don't I have words level, to describe how much you'd hate that. <laughs> which which makes me want to go even more. Now, Big R, does Ashland, does Ashland do a huge, like, urban, you know, 
watching the ball drop. Oh, dude, A-Town, I mean, A-Town literally does nothing. I'm not kidding you guys. It's going to sound like I'm exaggerating. But I, uh, we woke up that morning, and we were halfway through the day, and Big M looks over at me and goes, wait, did you remember that today's New Year's Eve? And I said, no, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, it's so, I mean, we're so old now. It is so bad now. And I mean, we're literally yeah. just, okay, so this is what we did. So like if, if I stay up past like 1045, I need like a day to recoup because I'm so tired the next day. So we made it, we made it all sure. the way to wait for it, man. We went, to, we went to bed at 1118. We went to bed at 1118 mm. and all of our young friends who were up till like three were like, why would you guys go to bed 40 minutes before the ball drops? And I'm like, I literally couldn't keep yeah. my eyes open. Like I wasn't even trying to go for it. We just were like watching something and it ended up, oh my gosh, it's 1118. This is outrageous. I'm going to need like four days to recoup from this now. We got to get to bed like ASAP. Um, Dude, can I, can I ask you guys something conceptually? Like why, why? do people yeah. – why do people even care about the ball dropping? Like this, this, this is such a non-thing to me. You know what I mean? It's just a – yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm not even articulating it well, but do, do you get what I'm asking? Yeah, you just don't have – there's like no romance. There's no – it doesn't there's carry no romance. any romance for you about the ball dropping, kissing Double K, and being like, dude, all everything is dude, brighter. Everything looks you bright now. We're excited. It's January yeah. 1. Everything's going to be good now. Right. And and I guess maybe maybe this is a function of – not to take it too theologically, but like a function of knowing Christ is that you don't – you don't have to sort of prop yourself up with all these – kind of dumb, shallow, uh, hollow encouragements along the way. You know what I mean? Um, and the, the new year to me is, is just one of those things. Like, oh, it's going to be different and everything's going to change. And it's like, well, no, really, it, it probably isn't. You know, your, your problems today are going to be your problems tomorrow. Um, dude, not on January 1st, Big T. They, they, they go away, dude. They, they do. They, they, they evaporate. You got to understand that, man. See, if you believed that, your problems would evaporate. That's amazing. I'm going to try it next yeah, year, I, baby. That's what I'm saying. you got to wait a year now, but I'm just saying. i to wait a year. I'm going to come to Ashland, and I'm going to try it because I've been to that town, baby. You better believe you're going to come to Ashland I've next year. been to that town, and I know how that city crackles baby, with vibrancy you, and energy that, that uh, most people have never experienced. Boys, I'm going to tell you right now, the invite is, is live. You mm-hmm. guys are all invited to A-Town, dude, and we are going to hang out. We're going to be in bed by 10.53. I love and it. it's going to be yeah. wild. Maybe wild. we can get a live in A-Town New Year's event next year. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine how different everybody's life would be on January 1st if we did something like that? Dude, that. Can you imagine how everything would shake up for us? That city would be electric. Oh, my gosh. We would be changing lives. Unbelievable. That would be changing lives. Let's do it. All right. So after uh, that, we'll start planning that event Absolutely. Pretty, pretty soon. Yeah, we'll get our marketing people on it, you know, but it's not church. But, oh but no, yeah. no actual marketing because marketing is bad, Ted. Remember? <laughs> Absolutely. No, no marketing. No, no marketing. Promise. I'll just announce it the four or five Sundays leading up to, yeah. uh, you know, what, what are we going to call it, man? New Year's Live. Mm. That's what we call it, man. New Year's New Live. Year's live. Dude, I love it. That's so <laughs> great. Oh, yeah. Ted, does... Does New Year's have any significance to you? And I don't mean no. that in a sarcastic way. Like that's just like you you know the the ball dropping clearly means nothing. And it you know yeah. it's just sort of an interesting phenomenon to me. Like sure. it's it's a little sure. bit like yeah the holiday like they're the the Thanksgiving Macy's Day Parade or whatever it yeah. is. And 
the Rose Parade and some of those that it's like, oh, that's a that's like a, a tradition. A but I don't really kind of American know. tradition. Yeah, or whatever. it's a thing yeah. that happens. Um, like, does, does New Year's as a a thing mean anything to you? No, it doesn't. And and outside of and again, not to go sports, but I enjoy the football that takes place on New Year's Day. Like that is appealing to me. But outside of that, there's no sense of, uh, you know, warmth and refreshment and it's a new start. And because it's not, you know, I mean, it's there. There's nothing quantifiably like new startish about it. Like if you started a new job every January one, then then that yeah. would be a thing. Or if you if you had to move, you know, and you had to change cities every year on January one, then then it would be a legitimate like there would be a clean slate involved every time, but so you're not hitting the re- you are not like hitting the reset button, man. I, no, I, I get no, that, man. Not but, at all. But I think, man. But I think it can be fun. Like, here's the thing. Like, we used to throw like some parties. We used to go to parties. Oh, yeah, nothing nothing crazy. But I fun. like I would yeah. do that now. We're just not really yeah. in a we're not really in a town that does that as much. And mm. I think we're just kind of tired because Christmas we we do that all through Christmas. Yeah. And uh, by the time we get to New Year's Eve, dude, I mean seriously, we're just we're kind of shot, but like, yeah. man, if I, but, but now that we're having new year's live, that's obviously everything. I throw all of that out the window now because everything has changed now, yeah. but I'm just saying like before 2018, like mm-hmm. that's how it kind of was for a few years. Just I'm tired. We're exhausted. Like yeah. I don't want to have to do another thing yeah. on new year's, but if somebody would invite us over for some bash, man, I mean, yeah. that's fun. That's fun. Just hanging out. Dude. Yeah. I mean, it that it was just like a small party is what you did. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we used to do a big party, but I'll tell you what ruined the big party. And this is going to make me look like a horrible person. Um, when everybody had kids, it ruined the big party because you always have those friends who they don't get the they don't get the social cues that we don't want you to bring your kids to New Year's Eve. You know what I mean? Well, like it's not, not to mention room. It's, this isn't it's impossible to find babysitting on New Year's Eve because everybody's partying. Exactly. Yeah, it's over. Exactly. It's over. Dude, yeah. So once everybody became a parent of a snot nosed little kid, like New Year's Eve was kind of over. You know what I mean? Um, so then we would do this thing for a few years where like we would kind of throw a bash for all the, you know, like singles or unattached, you know, whatever people, people who are new in town or whatever in our church. And, and we would kind of do that. But um, I don't know, man, stuff runs its course and it's it's fine. You know, it'll it'll cycle back. It'll man. Cycle. It's good. And we're going to we're going to and we're going to cycle it back starting this New Year's. Exactly. Season. Exactly. Starting in Ashland. And maybe you got to get that metro area ready for what they're about. Oh man! I mean, I've already written down like I've already written down like eight different ideas. Yeah. Man, my mind is just turning. Dude, I love it. You got a whiteboard in your office, man. You're drawing lines and making connections. And I haven't even heard the things you've said the last five minutes. I've just been writing stuff down. Maybe it's fine. Gracious, fine, boys. I've got about five more minutes before I have to go and prepare for my class. But I want to. I want to drop one last topic on you, and it, it does pertain to marketing. So it's kind of cohesive uh, here on the rant, but. Uh, the question is this: What do you do? And we're we're all three of us are in creative endeavors, podcasting, writing, etc. Um, what do you do when you don't like a friend's creative work? So here, here's how this goes down. Usually, um, a friend asks you to blurb their book, or a friend asks you to review their book, or a friend says, um, "Can you give a listen to my podcast and let me know what you think?" Um, how do you, how do you handle it when you don't like it? Or you're even just tepid about it? Uh, pipe, you're the marketing guru of the group. How do you, how do you handle this when, uh, when you don't like a friend's creative work? Um, 
If <laughs> usually it's just sort of radio silence, mm. you know, where it's like very rarely is is somebody going to ask you to do that and then follow up repeatedly to be like, hey, what did you think? Hey, what did you think? Hey, what did you think? If they do that, then they're pressing the awkwardness, yes. you know, but if they just sort of send you something and they're like, hey, I launched this podcast. Let me know what you think. You can just be like, all right, and then just not do anything yeah. with it because either because you know you're not going to yeah. like it or because you listen to it and you're like, oof, yeah. rough. Um, the the other thing is usually you can find something nice to say yeah. about it because I'll say this. Mm-hmm. If somebody is going to the lengths of creating something, they deserve they deserve some some, some yeah, adulation. Yeah. Like that's there's a risk yeah. that was taken. There was effort that was put into it. I mean, unless it's just genuine yeah. trash. Most things aren't. Um, to, you know, you can you can find a thing to say. So like when when I have friends who write books mm-hmm. that I don't like or they're not aimed at me, I can still say something good about them for who they are aimed at, you know, or, you know, or I can just, or I can give them piece of feedback on one specific aspect of it that I was like, I really loved this about it. Um, but it's, it's tough. So I was, you know, live in Nashville. I have some friends who are in music. Like there are just entire genres of music that I can't stand. And they work in that music. I just, I just pretend they don't exist. Not the friends, <laughs> yeah. the music. I just, I'm just like, it doesn't, doesn't happen. We're going to talk about other things. We're, we're not going to discuss yeah, I mean, you're, that. You're allowed to like, we're all allowed to like our friends outside of what they produce. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, just because we're friends, it doesn't mean we have to love everything that, you know, well, that the other and, person. And then the other, there's always the excuse of, um, I'm yeah. sorry, I don't have time. You know, so somebody's like, hey, could you endorse this? Just to be like, I, I don't have time to do it because you genuinely don't have time to work through this entire thing and figure out how to endorse a thing you don't yeah. think is worth endorsing. That's yeah, that's a true sure. statement. You got that all worked out, Pipe. I like that, man. You got that all worked out. Nice. Nice. Yeah, what do you do? I know I still get a lot of music sent. Um, so I'm still, you know, I still got a, enough of a yeah. foot in that whole thing to where people send me a lot of music and um, they, they want to know yeah. what I think. I don't know why they want to know what I think. I, it, when you think about it, I it's agree. interesting that it matters what anybody lot. thinks anyway. But um, but yeah. you're looking for some you're looking for some affirmation. I understand that. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I'm with Pipe. Pipe said something interesting. Um, you can always find something to be positive about. With I mean, even with the worst. And again, you, what your opinion is of something that's either really bad or yeah. it just doesn't appeal to your own sensibilities. And so there's always something. So for me with music, because I like very little music, it's usually just, hey, you know what? Um, the production on this sounds great, man. Really great job. And, and that's sincere because a lot of times the production will be really great. It doesn't mean I want to listen to it, but I can listen to all these different nuances or I can go, hey, dude, you got such an amazing drum sound on this record. And that's really hard to do. And I appreciate that. And I actually do appreciate that. And um, so, yeah, you can always find something in terms of like finding the time to do it. Um, yeah. I've just found like with age, it's just better to say, yeah, like, like what pipes said, just, yeah, I, I'm, yeah. Man, no, but thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for thinking of me. And um, sometimes, but that's rare even for me. Cause I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not getting a lot of things where people are pressing into stuff that's going to take me, a lot of time. And then with writing, you know, I mean, I honestly, I, I mean, I, I would, I, I can gain something from anybody's yeah. writing, even if it's not a topic I'm incredibly interested in. I, I look at it kind of like Pipe said from, from the standpoint of somebody else that could actually really find some value, you know, in it and just go, yeah, I think, man, what you said was great and it doesn't speak to me right yeah. now, but dude, you, you nailed it. So 
carry on my good man. I, I can, I can go at it from that standpoint. And, um, but yeah, but no, but what you said, big T, I mean, honestly, I, mm. I don't, I like, for instance, like the three of us do different things. And oh, yeah. I, I really like, I like you guys based on not what you do, but who you are. I don't, I literally don't, I don't care. I, I, mean, totally this in, I mean this in actually totally. a positive way. Yeah. I don't care what you do in terms of your art. I don't care. I mean, do what you guys do. Um, and actually I can, I can gain something from it because it's going to be different yeah. than what I do. And I actually like Agreed. that we're not all doing the same thing. And I dig that. So, yeah, I, I would say one thing too, like if, if you're somebody who is sending out, <clears throat> usually it's, I feel like it's, uh, it's usually authors or musicians who are trying to mm-hmm. make it still like they don't have a foothold or a network or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're sending things out for endorsements, for feedback. Like y- you need to do that in a way where either like, you're doing it with people who you mm-hmm. have the kind of relationship where you can say, be honest about this. Like it's there's a right. certain level yeah. of confidence slash arrogance to send a yeah. book to a stranger and say, hey, would you endorse this? Yeah. Because you know you're going to get hurt feelings if they're like, I don't think it's very good. Um, I have so much respect. I've got I got turned down for an endorsement wow. by one guy one time because he didn't like my book, and mm-hmm. he was very specific about it. He said, I disagree with your conclusions on this, mm-hmm. and so I can't endorse it. And I wanted to like shake his hand. I was so thankful for that but most people would get hurt feelings if you just said sorry i can't endorse that it's not it's i don't i don't like it i don't agree with it so you need to have a level of either relationship or really thick skin because most of the time you're putting people in a position where they have to to kind of do what i said and that's do an end run on your request yeah sometimes i do the kind of the opposite thing and i just endorse the person i'm like you know what i don't have time to listen to your podcast or, or read your book or whatever, but I, I'm all in on you, man. So, um, totally. so sometimes I'll just, I'll kind of write the endorsement or do whatever in, in that spirit. And, right. um, what I like, man, kind of similar to what you said, big R is being good enough friends with someone that like, I don't even have to listen to their new podcast. Like Barty, man, this, this mutual friend that the big R and I have Zach Bartles, like he's had a new podcast for like a year that I've literally never listened to. And it doesn't offend him that I don't listen to it because he knows that I don't care. Um, and, but we're good enough friends that, that you know what I mean? Like, it's not a, it's not a point of it. We're better friends for it. We're better friends for it. Absolutely. And you're better friends. I mean, for it's it, also maybe. just like a quality of life thing where you, you get to a point where I literally can't listen to everyone's podcast. You know, I, I there's not enough minutes in the day. So, um, well, yeah. Luckily, not everyone has a podcast. Oh, wait. Well, luckily, there's not a lot of podcasts out there. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's still kind of in its luckily, infancy. Luckily, it's just that there's... But, uh, man, boys, that's I enjoy this really podcast. caught on yet. So. I enjoy how we've wandered to and fro uh, throughout it. And until next time, Rachel the Held Evans. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Thank you. 
A powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from God. God can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help, guide, and speak to us through prayer. I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical teaching and encouragement on how you can make prayer a natural and consistent part of your everyday life. I promise it won't require hiking a mountain, but you just might develop the faith to move one. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.